Hello, 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 and welcome to the SLP Corner Podcast. This week I have a very special guest, Mark from Senso Minds. This week we will be talking all things sensory, so sensory processing disorder, where to seek help if you feel your child may have a sensory processing disorder, or as we like to call it, sensory processing challenges and difficulties, and different resources and tools you can use to help if you are feeling like your child has sensory challenges or they're a sensory seeker. To begin with, what is sensory processing disorder? Sensory processing disorder is a condition in which the brain has trouble receiving and responding to information that's coming in through your senses. This is something that's often assessed and formally treated and diagnosed by a pediatrician or more so an occupational therapist. Occupational therapists, they are the experts in this area. So you'll hear us referring a lot to occupational therapists, so that is your your person if you are wanting to formally assess if your child has a sensory processing disorder or difficulties. There are some ways to kind of notice if your child is having sensory processing difficulties. It could be that they don't like bright lights. It could be that certain smells are really challenging for them. Potentially they could be a picky eater and they're picky with the types of food they want to consume. They could also maybe be seem clumsy and they could be falling and tripping a lot and they might have poor motor skills, gross motor skills. And a lot of the times they don't want to be hugged or touched or they do need that deep pressure touch to receive that sensory input that they're seeking. They can be really sensitive to loud, aggressive or harsh sounds. They might not like certain smells on different people, animals, objects, or they might not like certain feelings of fabric, so certain tags or certain types of clothing might be very irritating to them. And some kids would like to have their hands dirty and feel maybe sand or feel that texture, while other kids would really prefer not to. So you can see a variety of different ways that a sensory processing difficulty might come up. Another thing is biting and chewing. If children are chewing and biting on things, then that might be a sensory, there might be a sensory seeker. And I just want to say a disclaimer. I talked to Allison Smith. She is a pediatric speech language pathologist and a specialist in pediatric dysphagia and feeding disorders. And a few weeks ago on our podcast, you can find it. It's called SLP Corner Intro to Pediatric Feeding and Swallowing. It's episode number 13. It was a very popular episode and I highly recommend it. But essentially, I talked a lot to Allison about various things like feeding and swallowing and the uh, evaluation and treatment and all of that. But one thing we talked about was Chulery. And this will come up because Senso Minds, one of the products they sell is Chulery. So when we're talking about Chulery, it's important that you understand how it should be used. Like Allison mentioned in my podcast a few weeks ago, there's a very big difference between using chewlery or chewy tubes to teach chewing versus using chewy tubes and chewlery for a sensory seeker. So you have to ask yourself, is this being used to teach a child to chew? If so, that's not evidence-based practice. That will not work. However, if they are a sensory seeker and they're biting and they need that sensory input to help regulate them and feel calm, then by all means, use chewlery, use chewy tubes. That is how these things should be used. They shouldn't be used to teach a child how to chew. So I really, really want to emphasize that when you're listening to this podcast. So with that, I really hope you enjoy this podcast and you can rate and review it. 
and let me know how you think, what you think about it, how you like it, and you can find Mark at Sensominds on Instagram, and his podcast is called The Sensory Corner. Okay, so I'm very excited this week to be having Mark from Senso Minds. He has a podcast called Entry Corner, and I'm <laughs> I'm thrilled to be talking to you all about Senso Minds and its mission. Awesome, cool, cool. Thank you for having me. So I guess to start off, I just want to hear what is Senso Minds. Senso Minds is basically a company where we try and design, develop, and create new sensory toys for children with sensory issues or of whom are on the special needs spectrum. Just because we want to be able to provide them with the sensory stimulation they need to be able to integrate into the world around them. How did you come up with this idea to start this? For sure. So Sense of Minds was literally started after reading a bunch of online forums on Reddit and on Google and any type of parent form out there. What we realized was parents, they, they tend to divulge, not divulge, but they, they would talk about their issues with respect to their children who may have sensory needs or maybe on the spectrum. And we started to see two years ago that there was a very big trend in the fact that children were biting on their shirts, they were biting on their fingers, and they weren't getting the stimulation they needed within their environments around them, whether it be school or at home. And that oftentimes led to several meltdowns and uh, various tantrums of any sort. After seeing what was on the market, the team really tried to buckle down on what are the key improvements we could make. And then fast forward to now, two years later, the chew necklace, while it seems super simple, has a bunch of improvements on it, which have helped various children all across the nation, not world, nation, be able to gain the oral sensory stimulation they need to be able to integrate into the world around them. So when you say team, what does your team look like for Sense Minds? Yeah, so the team right now, I'll be honest with you, there, there's nobody in the sensory or special needs realm. No one on the team, uh, besides from the individuals now we're consulting with and we've consulted with over the past few years, everybody on the team is either a computer scientist or an engineer. So we're just people who like to solve problems. <laughs> well, we honestly love to hear everybody's story within the sensory realm, really gain their experiences, understand where their pain points are, and see where we can step in to really help support not only the specialists and therapists in the field, but also the parents. I love how you kind of learned about all of this from the parent side of things. A lot of SLPs and OTs, we are learning about everything from school. And that's great. But I mean, I feel like it's so much more helpful and productive to be learning from the parents, which it seems like that's kind of where you got your inspiration. You learned a lot of this from. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So it was mostly like Reddit. That's so interesting. I didn't realize this, but on on Reddit, especially, and there's a bunch of Facebook support groups now, which are popping up, which we've seen recently. You know, we get emails from parents all the time and we realize that sometimes that overall sensory parenting journey or, you know, being a special needs parent can sometimes feel isolating. So having those groups and being able to share that discourse with other parents who are going through the thick of it, just like you are, it's not only proved to be extremely healthy for the community, but it's really being able to foster this type of community and support, which you wouldn't be able to find anywhere else. And it's, it's nice because you gained so much inspiration from those communities, but now you've actually created a community for the very community that you gained the inspiration. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's like a yeah. moment. <laughs> oh my gosh, definitely. It's really weird thinking about that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I want to talk about sensory processing disorder. Yeah. Would you say that's like the target demographic for Senso Minds or? 
what are your thoughts on that? So this came from conversations with OTs and SLPs. So while in the initial stages, we got a lot of inspiration and insight uh, from the parent community, we realized that SPD right now, it's not considered a disorder, but it's something which a lot of parents and children go through on a day-to-day basis. And what I mean by it's not a disorder, yeah, it's not recognized in the DSM or anything like that. Uh, however, it's still causing many people issues. I guess the way I've corrected myself moving forward is call, calling it sensory processing issues. So with respect to sensory processing issues, yes, I would say that's one of the demographics which we're, we're looking at. However, it, if it wasn't for my conversations, especially in the past three months, and because I, I wish I would have talked to more OTs and SLPs. Just because at the end of the day, yes, sensory processing issues, you know, it is an issue. If I had a dollar for every time I said issue, I'd I'd be rich. Um, (laughs) Well, it's one piece of the puzzle. It's not everything. And, you know, even talking to you in our past conversations and other SLPs and OTs, I realized that the whole journey behind a child's learning, growth and development, whether or not they're on the spectrum or not, has so many different facets. And sensory processing is one of the vehicles of which we're able to utilize to help a child achieve a certain occupation, help them achieve a certain skill or hit a certain milestone. Um, that's mm-hmm. what we've started to realize as of recently. Uh, that, that's subject to change, obviously, as I interview more and more in individuals to really gain a grasp as to how this field operates and more so how people like you are able to get down on the level of a child and really connect and communicate with them in ways which, you know, the general public, people like me, won't be able to know how to do. So like props to you guys as well. <laughs> like, honestly, <laughs> I really love how you call it sensory processing, like issues or challenges versus mm-hmm. disorder, because even with ASD, it's officially called autism spectrum disorder. But I try to refrain from saying the disorder part. I just like to call mm-hmm. it autism spectrum because it feels so unproductive and (laughs) labeling like sensory processing disorder you know what I mean when Mm -hmm. it is true it's like lots of people who are typically developing even have sensory processing challenges like all types of people yeah so that's really nice so I guess then it would be really like your target demographic is just all children or really adults experiencing challenges in the sensory world more or less yeah it's just being able to help everybody find that stable midline, which can help them regulate and yeah. emulate themselves as well. So if a parent's listening right now and they're unfamiliar with what it might look like if their child has sensory processing challenges or issues, what type of things would you talk about when you're talking about sensory processing? Would you talk about all five senses or how would you help explain that? Definitely. It's weird because I thought there were only five senses too, but apparently there's three hidden ones. Like, yeah. <laughs> and that, that, that totally caught me off. I was like, what? Is it <laughs> I believe so. Unless yeah. there's another one or if I'm. Yeah, <laughs> so can you walk us through that then? There's auditory. So that's hearing. So your yeah. ears, uh, you have your sense of smell. I believe that's olfactory. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you have, you have your taste. Then you have touch. So that's tactile. And then. I'm missing a fifth one. Oh gosh. Which one? Oh, sight. Yeah. Visual. Sorry. So th- those are the five main ones, your eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and hands. And then the three hidden ones, I believe it's vestibular, proprioceptive. And it's, oh gosh, this is slipping my mind. <laughs> so I, I, I searched it. Introception. Introception. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh. 
what do those three so okay so if kids are struggling with like loud noises bright light if a parent's wondering like does my do my does my child have a sensory processing challenge what cues might lead them to think oh i think they do have some sensory processing challenges i should try to get some resources from example from sensominds because that that might really help them out you know ah yes i've actually talked to other ot's about this because this is a main issue I've come into with, with respect to talking to parents. Not an issue of how we're talking to parents, but issues they've come to me with. It's the fact that, that you don't know what you don't know. And especially in those early on stages with your child, sometimes it's very hard to pinpoint, does my child have this or not? I, I really don't know. Is this normal behavior or not? And the after talking to a few OTs, the tips which they've given me is if something feels off if something doesn't seem right with respect to your child, with respect to their peers, keep a log of it. Um, they, they always say keep a sensory log. Try and keep track of everything so that if you do feel like you need to go to an OT for that first step referral or for that first assessment or even going to an SLP if you believe your child might be having articulation or language issues, um, every single SLP and OT I've spoken to is keep a log of it so you can bring it into your meeting just ask questions. It's kind of the same thing with respect to if you feel sick, do you go to the doctor? Like, yeah, you, you want to be able to give yourself that peace of mind. Obviously, now you, you don't want to go to the doctor if you have a slight cough just because of the whole scenario. Yeah, <laughs> Stay <yeah>. inside. <laughs> if you feel like your child does respond poorly to bright lights and they might have a, a sensory meltdown, or if a dog's barking and your child might put their hands over their ears, they might have a heightened sensitivity to those things. So keeping a log is super smart. But at the end of the day, the only thing I can really say is try and get that referral from an OT because those individuals will know more than anybody whether or not this is either a behavioral issue or sensory issue or any type of issue really. Yeah, I love that. I love when I love when parents come into sessions with logs. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my favorite thing. It's so helpful. Can we talk about some of the products specifically? Can we talk about the jewelry or is there any product that you'd want to share about that people might not know? I guess I could start off with the jewelry just because that, that's what we're kind of known for. I don't know. That sounds so... <laughs> no, I, I mean, I agree. When I first, I didn't know you had a lot more products and I just thought it was the jewelry because that's what I see a lot with Sense of Minds. And mm -hmm. then I went on the website and I saw there were so many more products. So yeah. yeah, I, I agree that people probably associate it largely with the jewelry because it's marketed so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, with respect to the jewelry, so a few of the things of which we've been very mindful of with respect to making it uh, so that it can best support children with oral sensory needs or stimulatory needs is the fact that we've worked on the formulation for it. This is me getting all nerdy on you guys, so I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We've worked on the formulation a bit. So the way we treat the silicone, which is food grade, FDA approved and all that fun stuff is a bit different. So it's able to provide a bit more, I guess, feedback. It's able to rebound a bit better while still staying resilient enough for a mild to aggressive chewer. Obviously, if you give any, our mouths are extremely strong. So if you really wanted to, you can chew through it. However, we tried to find that healthy balance between resilience and also ensuring that it wasn't too hard such that it would cause dental issues for your child just because at the end of the day uh, they're, they're there to try and gain that sensory stimulation via the oral senses. So we've also worked on the length of the Lego brick just so that children with any type of sensory issue can gain that deep molar impact so when they're really chewing on it they can feel it they, they can truly feel it. 
And on top of all of that, we've added a bunch of designs on it, a lot of sensory designs. So we have sensory bumps, we have sensory knobs and the waves on the side for children to feel, feel around with their tongue. And all of those things come together within our necklace to be able to provide, I don't want to say the full package, but more or less try and provide them with the stimulation they need for as long as they need it. A few of the other products we have on our website, obviously everybody's heard of weighted blankets. Yeah, so the weighted blanket one was another product which we innovated on with respect to the sensory or special needs realm. We really tried to cater that product towards that realm. Uh, we realized that a lot of the weighted blankets out there, the from feedback we've gotten from parents, is the fact that the cotton, which is used on a lot of weighted blankets, the GSM is too low. GSM is just a fancy way of saying the, the thread count. So if the thread count's not high enough, oftentimes that can result in really prickly feelings. It doesn't feel as smooth. And for a lot of children with, you know, tactile sensory issues, so they might be overtly sensitive or they might be sensory avoiders with respect to their tactile senses, it can sometimes aggravate them. So it no longer does its purpose. But how we've combated that was we changed it. Uh, we've changed the fabric to become a cooling bamboo. Uh, so the cooling bamboo serves two purposes. One, it's extremely smooth, so it won't aggravate those tactile senses. It's super cooling. Just because we realized that with weighted blankets, if your child's trapped under it or is feeling that cocoon effect, it can sometimes overheat them and it leads to a very uncomfortable experience, especially late at night. So being able to integrate that cooling bamboo ensures that they won't overheat, uh, that they aren't being tactilely I don't even know if that's a word. <laughs> They're not being aggravated in their tactile senses. I just tried making up a word on this podcast. I really like that. Also, I the weighted blanket's so great because it's even marketed for adults with anxiety. So it's so oh, great yeah. for so many different things. Where can people find you? Where, what's your podcast called? What's, what's, <laughs> uh, what, what's happening? <laughs> <It's been so laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> So if you guys want to be able to find our products, uh, just search us up online. It's super simple. It's sensominds.com. So S-E-N-S-O-M-I-N-D-S. Right now, the current curation of products is we've tried to create curations or we tried to create kits. So sensory kits uh, for each and every sense. So we have a proprioceptive kit. So that's like the pressure kit. So that's our weighted blanket. We have, you know, the oral sensory seeking kit. So that's our chew necklace, which comes in five pack. And we have other products which uh, they, they target the auditory, tactile, and vestibular systems as well. So vestibular is the need to move. So we also sell a wobble chair, which is adjustable to keep up with your child as they grow. I love the, the wobble chair. Yeah. <laughs> wobble chairs are so, so good for kids. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> they can fidget and move and they're still seated and they're still they're able to stay focused. I love oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. For me, I use it in the office and Honestly, it gives you a core workout too. It totally and, gives you a core workout. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be like, I'll stand up and I'll be like, why is my stomach? Yeah. And I'll be like, oh yeah, I just worked out for the whole day. Don't need to go to the gym tomorrow. Can eat this piece of cake. I'm yeah, kidding. the wobble chairs are everything. <laughs> but yeah, so we have a bunch of kits which target all these uh, sensory processes so that if your child has any type of issue, there's a kit for your child, hopefully. Obviously, we're always open to the community's feedback, and we're always looking to be able to not only improve upon our kits and our products, but also create new products to be able to not only help parents, but also help specialists and therapists out there within their practice. Just because we believe when everybody wins in the community, you know, that's just the way the community is able to move forward, if that makes sense. For our podcast, it's called The Sensory Corner. The Sensory Corner is on the SLP Corner. Wow. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Sense of Minds hosts that podcast as well, where we just have candid conversations with individuals like Shannon here, who's an amazing SLP. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're interviewing OTs, SLPs. Yes, uh, we interview OTs, SLPs, and even sensory parents in the field. Just so at the end of the day, when we're able to hear everybody's voices, we're able to create a healthy discourse around what it truly means to be able to learn, grow, and develop in a world which wasn't meant for you. And I mean that in, with the perspective of a child living with sensory or special needs, just because when everybody, when everybody's able to understand where they're coming from, we're, we're put in a position where we're best able to support them throughout their journey. And mm. it, all, it all starts with understanding and knowledge. And that, that's basically where I want to be able to go, not only with the podcast, but with Sense of Minds, just be able to let parents and specialists know, or therapists, that they're not alone, that there is a community here and that people are there for them. There's somebody in their corner willing to not only root them on, but also support them in any way they need. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I think you're such an asset to this community. And it's so impressive oh, how much you've learned so quickly and I just think you're doing great things so thank you so much for coming on the podcast thank you so much for having me I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast please remember to rate and review this podcast and you can find me at SLP Corner on Facebook and Instagram and my website www.slpcorner.com and I'll see you next Monday